So today we're talking about the greatest commandment, to love God. That word love in the English language, man, there's all kinds of nuances and different meanings. I mean, I can confess to you guys this morning that I love my wife, Peggy. She's sitting right over there, and I love her. I love her. I can also tell you that I love our kids. There's one of them sitting right there, too, right next to her mama. I love our kids. I love our grandkids. But I don't love any of them the same way. I also need to freely confess to you this morning, in all transparency, I love tacos. This is a picture of the famous hot dog taco from Taco Dive, my favorite dive in all of Vero Beach. I love tacos, but I also need to confess to you this morning that I love taco, our chihuahua. I don't mean with a face like that, what's not to love, right? Right? But I don't love Peggy the same way I love tacos. Oh, I saw this meme on social the other day, I had to share, go ahead and put it up here. Man, when you find your true love, hold on with both hands because tacos are kind of unwieldy, all right? But I had to confess to you that I have never once been tempted to place Peggy on a tortilla shell and then cover her up with meat and lettuce and cheese. That's never, never been a temptation. And I told you that I love Taco, our dog, but I don't love Taco the same way that I love our kids. And I don't love our kids the same way that I love our grandkids. Oh, sorry, did that slip out of my mouth? I'm sorry, Emily. Sorry. Okay. It's just true. And while I love all of those that I have mentioned here just now, I love God more than all of them combined. And that's a sentiment we tried to make sure that our kids understood in no uncertain terms as they were growing up. Because whether I was hanging out with just one of them or all three of them, I would take the occasion to look them in the eye and say, I love you, but I love your mom even more. And I love God most of all. This morning, before the first service, I had a text from our oldest son, Elliot. Uh, he, knows, he knows I'm preaching today, and we've been talking back and forth about this, the sermon. And he said, man, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm so proud to be your son. And I just, man, I really appreciated that. My response to him was, I love you more than mere words can express, but I love your mom more, and I love God most of all. Of course, he didn't expect any other kind of response from me there. You know, among the duties that I have here at VCC, uh, among those duties is that I lead our next step group. And our next step group is designed for new members and, frankly, for those of you who aren't so new in hanging out around here. And we lead them in a discussion. It's a three-part group, small group setup that we do, where we examine the mission statement here at Vero Christian Church. It's right up here. Love God, love people, serve others. So as a result of that, I've had a lot of time to wrestle with this notion of loving God. I'd also like to think that in my 35 years of walking with Christ, that I've come to a deeper, hopefully more mature understanding of what it means to love God. I used to tell our students when I was in student ministry, 
all the time, hey, before you start throwing that word love around, you better make sure you know what it means. And I think that's a, a good thing for all of us to remember. So how do we love God first and most without taking love away from our spouse or our kids, etc.? That is a big ask from God, isn't it? That's a big ask when God says, you love me most. Well, we don't want to be ambiguous in our definition of loving God. And there are plenty of ambiguities there. So what is it that we mean around here when we say at VCC we are folks who love God? Let me set the table for you. Kyle Eidelman, in his book, God's at War, has this to say about idolatry. Idolatry is the number one issue in the Bible, and that should raise caution signals for us. Idolatry comes into every book. More than 50 of the laws in the first five books are aimed at this issue. In all of Judaism, it was one of only four sins to which the death penalty was attached. Whoa. We must beware because anything at all can become an idol if it becomes a substitute for God in our lives. Our job, our spouse, our kids, even our grandkids. Anything at all can become an idol if it becomes a substitute for God in our lives. So how do we combat this trap of idolatry? How are we going to get out of this thing? Well, how do we put God first without taking away the love that we have for people who are important and in our lives? We need a constant reminder because it is so easy to fall into the trap of idolatry. So let's spend a few moments in God's Word together this morning. Maybe God can give us a hint or ten. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 22. In verse 34 we read this, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher... What is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So how did Jesus identify this commandment to love God? As the first and greatest commandment. And why did he do that? Because God himself identifies this as the first and greatest commandment. Loving God is the greatest commandment. When Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments upon the mountain, God was speaking to Moses directly. And we read about this in Exodus chapter 20, and starting in verse 3. This is God speaking to Moses. He says, you must not have any other gods but me. Whoa! If that wasn't plain enough, God goes on and expands upon that notion. You must not make for yourselves an idol of any kind 
or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations, the entire family is affected. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You see, God says he will not tolerate affection for any other gods. I want us to let that sink in just for a second. God is not a God of tolerance. He is a God who demands complete obedience. Now, to be sure, he's also a God of infinite love and everlasting patience. But he's a God who will not tolerate our affection for any other God. So we need to remember this. Love follows obedience And obedience is an outcome of love. Say, what? Love follows obedience, and obedience is an outcome of love. Even if we don't start from a position of love, but we obey God, over the course of time, we will find that that obedience helps us grow to love God. It's an outcome. But still, we need constant reminders to love God. We need constant reminders in that regard. Maybe that's why God told his special people Israel to do this. It's recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you get up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Because God knows as we go through the day-to-day routine events of our lives, we need daily reminders that God is to be our first love. You see, God knows people, and God knows that people are forgetful. Yet God pursues people relentlessly, some might even say recklessly. He loves people lavishly, and He desires fellowship with people unashamedly. Oh, if only we felt the same way about God. You see, your mission, and mine too, is to love God, period. But with everything else competing for that number one spot in our hearts, it's easy to fall into that trap of idolatry, isn't it? So again, how are we supposed to combat this trap? It's simple. Not easy, but simple. You pursue God just as He pursues you. Now, for those of you who are married... Do you remember when you were first dating your spouse? Do you remember the pursuit that took place during that time? I mean, Peggy and I joke often about the fact that 
I chased her until she caught me. Some of you guys can probably relate to that, right? We need that same kind of pursuit with God. Let's pursue God just as He pursues us. Well, how does God pursue us? He gave up everything for us. By everything, I mean His Son, Jesus, His one and only Son. And we read in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus gave up the glory of heaven and humbled Himself and became a man. And He humbled Himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why? So that we could have the hope of life everlasting in the presence of the God who loves us and pursues us relentlessly. Now, for us to pursue God in any less fashion, frankly, is to become an idolater. We need to pursue God just as He pursues us. Because to do any less is to become an idolater. We've already said that God doesn't have any patience for idolaters. We need to understand that we've got to have a change in perspective. A change in perspective. And that change in perspective comes from loving God. Because loving God properly puts everything else in its proper perspective. So parents, when you had your first child, you found all this love, and it just oozed out of you. You didn't know you had so much love that you could just pour out upon this child. Your firstborn child, man, whoa! So did you find that when you had children, number two through whatever the number is for you, that suddenly you had run out of love to give to those other kids? Did you go, oh, ah, I'm sorry, Emily, you're child number three. I got no love for you. Of course not. Of course not. You found this infinite supply of love that just came out from you, that you could just pour out upon your kids. And for those of us who are blessed enough to be grandparents, we find that that big old bucket of love gets bigger every single day, don't we? Our love was not diminished because we had more kids. And when we love God most, our love for our spouse or our kids or our grandkids is not going to diminish. I submit to you it's going to grow because everything gets put in the proper perspective. In fact, I would submit to you that you can't love other people the way they deserve to be loved until you love God the way he deserves to be loved. Well, so since we're to pursue God consistently and daily, let me share some opportunities that VCC affords all of us in this pursuit. We obviously encourage everyone to read your Bible every day. The Bible is God's love letter to you. Let's not treat that love letter like Peggy and I treated the love letters that we exchanged to one another as we were dating. We, we put them in a box, and they got in storage. Uh, a couple of months ago, we stumbled across that box of love letters, and we got them out, and we read them, and oh, that was ooey-gooey and nostalgic and all of that. 
Okay, but the difference between that situation and putting our Bible away and not looking at it is the fact that Peggy and I communicate every day. We communicate our love for one another every single day. God desires the same of you. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. Get involved in a small group Bible study. We've got several for all ages and all stages of life. And the study of God's Word in community is invaluable. We're going to hear a fantastic message on that next week. And I'm so excited when that message is presented here. Also, by the way, did you know that we have an online Bible study group that we started this year? There are about nine of us that are participating in a study called Let's Read the Bible Together. Pretty catchy title, right? I didn't make it up. Just... We do it through the YouVersion app, and there are several folks online uh, and some who are here in person who are joining us in that study. Invite all of you to join us, man. You can re-up each month, uh, and we're having a great time. If you'd like to know more about that, come see me later or send me an email. We'll talk about it. Spend time with God as you walk along the road, as you go home, as you get up in the morning, as you lay down at night, and let your kids and grandkids and others in your sphere of influence see you in that regard. Make God a central part of everything that you're doing. Now, of course, I'm assuming that everyone who is hearing these words today is already involved in a regular corporate worship experience. For those of you who are joining us online, let me say this to you. We love you. We miss you. We look forward to the day when we can join back together in person and worship God together. But in the meantime, let me encourage you to daily pursue God as the love of your life. For those of you who are here with us in person, I love you. I am so glad that we are together. It is such an encouragement when we come together to praise God who is worthy of all glory and honor and praise. Let me encourage you to daily pursue God as your first love. So all of those activities are a pursuit of God, also known as worship, and God is worthy of all of those efforts if you're not sure about where you are and how you need to take your next step in your pursuit of God as your first love, I'm going to hang out down front at the end of the service. And if you'd like to talk about that, I would love to have that conversation with you. If you're joining us online, email me at scott at verochristian.com, scott at verochristian.com, and we can continue that conversation. I would love to do that. We need to pursue God just as he pursues us. But again, how does God pursue us? Well, he gave up everything. And by everything, I mean Jesus. And again, Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross, so that we could have that hope of life everlasting with the God who loves us and pursues us daily. That's a pretty serious pursuit. And it's one that we need to return. Our pursuit of God should be daily and consistent. By the way, that's known as worship. 
Worship is not just coming together here and singing some songs, you know, and feeling good about, all right. Worship is a daily, consistent pursuit of God because He is worthy. We need to remember that loving God is the greatest commandment. Loving God puts everything else in its proper perspective. We can't love people the way they deserve to be loved until we love God the way He deserves to be loved. I will tell you today that Peggy and I don't love each other any less because we love God most. Because God teaches us how to love people in the proper way. And we love each other better because we love God the most. Loving God most is simple. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. Let's put God first in our lives. Let's pursue God just as he pursues us. Let's spend time daily pursuing God as the love of our lives. Let's remind ourselves when we're doing those day-to-day things in our routine that we love God most. Let's do this together. And let's encourage one another along the way. That is how we love. And Christians are to be known by their love. As we strive to obey everything that God has commanded us, let's remember and start with the first and greatest commandment, to love God. Loving God is a lifelong mission. Because until we truly love God, we can't truly love anybody else. At 1 o'clock this afternoon, in our VCC online Facebook group, we're going to pose this question. What is one way you can pursue God the way He pursues you? What is one way you can pursue God the way He pursues you? And we're posting it in other social media outlets as well, but I'm hoping that, that we can have a conversation in our VCC online Facebook group. I would love to continue that conversation with you. Whether we're doing it online, whether we're doing it in person, what is one way that you can pursue God the way He pursues you? Brothers and sisters, we are commanded in Scripture to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we love you and we are grateful for the privilege of being in this place, for being online and in this place. We are grateful, Father, for the love that you extend to us through your Son, Jesus. May we live our lives every day in a way that communicates to all of those around us that we love them, but we love you most. Thank you for your great love. And thank you for the privilege of loving you in return. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.